Oh, hello, this is episode two of um, The Chicks. In this episode, I say that my chicks are in my bedroom and uh, they're doing well. And uh, they're tiny, they're little fl fluffy yellow chicks, one day old, which I bought. And I was actually telling you that this all happened in 90, 1958. About the middle of 58. And uh, they were, I had them in a box alongside my bed. So that, I don't know why, because I think I was a little bit concerned. I wanted to make sure they were okay. Um, and, they were, and they cheep continuously. Cheep, 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 cheep. There were seven of them. Cheep, 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 cheep. And I had them in the bed. I had the warmth of, with the lamp to keep them warm. They had the food, the chick, the chick, the chick, the chick feed, and the water and sawdust. And I think I mentioned to you that one thing that I had uh, learnt that you had to keep an eye on their droppings. And if you see there's any blood in their droppings, this is a sign of a disease which chick, which chick, chickens can get called coccidiosis. Um, so that was probably why I had them next to my bed, to keep an eye on them. Because um, I'd never, never had chickens before, and day-old chicks, and they, they seemed so fragile. Oh, oh, I told you that I named them all. I put a ring on each of their little legs. Now, the little rings are very, very tiny, very small, only, only very small, coloured rings, a different colour for each of the chicks. And to, to put the ring on their legs, you, you have to put their legs together like this, their claws together, and then you, you can slide the ring over, and then their claws open, and the ring is, is here. Uh, so the, they had the names. They were Eni, me, and Miney, and Mo, and Catcher, and Nigger, and Bayesho. I think I told you. That was all in episode one. This is episode two. I'm going to continue. I did tell you when I worked in London that I, I my first job was about three pounds a week, and um, um, my season ticket was seven shillings and sixpence from Broccoli to I believe it went to London Bridge, and then I caught the tube to Westminster, okay, or St James's Park, and then walked to my 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 office. Uh, so out of three pound, I gave. Half to my mother, which is uh, 30 shillings, one pound, 10 shillings. This is pre-decimalization in, in 1972. And seven and six for the season ticket for a week, not bad. Trains were always on time, exactly on time. I could uh, run down to the station in about seven minutes and I would always stand at the same place on the platform. The train would always come on time. British Rail. No problems. Good old British Railway. And um, I told you I also had a post office savings account. Uh, and I put five shillings a week into my post office savings account. Uh, right. Now I'll try and get back to the chicks. They did okay. They did very well. And they, 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 they grew rapidly. 
quickly. And they got to about the age of six weeks when I, it was time to move them to a different location. I think gradually I had, um, oh, when I said I put a 100 degree lamp, it wasn't a 100 degree bulb, it was at 100 watts. So my, that was my mistake from the episode one. So, okay. Well, I'm, I'm 81 years old and this is all going back many, many years to when I was 18 years old. And of course, my memory is good, but there are some things that you're not always 100% sure of. So I don't make things up. I try, I try to tell you things as I remember them. I remember them. And um, 18, um, my job, I got my chicks when, when they were six weeks old. They were about this big. Their wings were developing. They couldn't fly, but they were, they were developing. And I had a, a, my mother and father never complained. All the odd things that I've done in my life. I remember when I was a boy, a young boy, I had mice, which multiplied at a dramatic rate. I had rabbits. They, and I, I, I've had fish in an aquarium. I've had battery cars. I've done so many not weird things, some have been, not really weird, but I've always been into, and I've always loved bird watching. From a very young age, always out bird watching, and I had a, quite a good collection of eggs, which is now illegal. Good collection of eggs, all in the countryside. I, was, I, I grew up in, Brit, in Bristol, born in, in, in Swindon in 1939, but after about a year, we moved to Bristol, so I was there for the whole of the war, which I remember quite clearly. Maybe I'll tell you a little bit more about that another time. But back to my chicks, I found that mum and dad never complained. They never said about the mess or the noise or nothing at all. They were ever so good about that, like that. And I've made mistakes in my life, but they've never criticised me. They've, no, they've been very good parents, very good. And, um, yeah. So I had a cupboard, which you could open the door to the cu cupboard, and in the cupboard was a shelf, about a metre square shelf. But of course, <laughs> I soon discovered that if I put the chicks in there, they didn't need any heat, but they, I, there was a lamp for, for them, and there was the food and the sawdust, as, as before, and um, the water. And uh, I soon discovered, though, that if I went there to check on them and open the cupboard door, they all jumped out. So I had to catch them and put them back. So then I put a, like a, a little bar here. I don't know what, probably a piece wood or something, I don't know, wood, uh, about this high. Can you see that? Which they didn't jump over. But by that time, they were, they were about this, this tall. Oh, sorry, it's quite weird to do this. Yeah, and, um, they were happy there, and I had them there. And um, the weather was getting warm, and I, I had a in the garden. I had um, a a very old shed, which hadn't been used for a long time. So I kind of made them nice uh, perches within the shed, 
I think two perches, horizontal, uh, a lower one and an upper one. And I also I made out of um, the old orange boxes. When we had oranges there, the greengrocers, the oranges came in boxes, quite big boxes, um, in two compartments. And many people bought these orange boxes and actually made furniture from them. I know one person who, oh, actually, I, I did use, uh, I lived at one time in the attic listening to Radio Luxembourg in the middle of the night on, on 208 meters from Luxembourg. I like to hear the, all the pop music. And there I made a add on an orange box. I painted it and I put books there and I had some my little knickknacks there and a little curtain. And I made out of the orange box um, a, a little little chest. Anyway, the orange boxes that I got from the green grocery, they were free, they gave them to you. A lot of the people, they would take those orange boxes, and I think we did as well at one time in Bristol, uh, you would, old boxes which you would uh, break up and chop up and use to, to light your fire. We had coal fires in Bristol, but in London, in, in Broccoli, um, we didn't have coal fires, we had, uh, I believe we had um, some other form of heating. I'm not quite sure whether the radiators, it, it wasn't gas, it wasn't, I don't think it was central heat. No, it wasn't central. I think we just had electric heaters, quite expensive to run, but I think that's what we had. We didn't use paraffin. Paraffin heat heaters were used in Bristol, uh, which that's another story. But back to um, broccoli with the chicks, six weeks old, in the cupboard now, and getting things ready for them to go outside and into their own the hen house. The orange box I made in, uh, I made an aperture in the outside of the uh, shed to fit the size of the orange box. And I made the orange box with a lid, with a flap that could, could be lifted. So when the hens were inside and they laid their eggs, I would go there maybe every morning or evening and open the lid, the nest boxes, and take the eggs. And the, um, so when the chicks were about two months old or so, between two and three months old, they went into their own pen. They had the shed to go in at night. And I always remember that uh, you have to train them to go in. They had a, a little, what they call a pop hole, and there was a little shutter there as well. So I could actually, when they were in, in there, I could, if I wanted to, put the shutter down so they couldn't come out. But to, to begin with, I had to train them. The first day that they were in, in that run with wire netting, they had a, a nice place, probably um, three meters by uh, six, plus the shed. And, um, yeah, they had their food there. And by this time then, they were, they were on um, a different food. The first food you give them is for young chicks. And then there's a, the next stage is for, it's, it's a different food. But it's, you buy it in very big bags, uh, 56, six pound. And I told you I didn't have a car, but I did. I did.
I bought that car. I told you I met my wife when I was 17 in 1957. I got married in January 1958. So I had bought the car before we were married in the, de in the December. Now in the December, I'd gone to a Christmas party at her firm. Now I worked in the Strand. Yeah, I'd moved jobs by the way, sorry about that. I had been in, in Parliament. I had been in Old Queen Street and then I had got a better job with more money in T.G. Scott in Clemens Inn, Strand. And it's very strange. We, we both used to take the... We used to catch the same train at night, the 5.20 from Charing Cross. Um, we always used to... She walked across the, the Strand for... I almost said typhoon, but it wasn't. She worked for typhoon, Twyman. Sorry, Twyman's tea. It's a very well-known tea. Good, very good quality. She worked for Twyman. She was an invoice typist. Shh. Invoice typist, and um, yeah, and I was assistant production manager for T. G. Scott at advertising. Hmm. Good job. I enjoyed it. Okay. And um, the reason I'm telling you all this is because you might wonder if I had the chicks and had, had to get big bags of food, like 56 pound bags of food, how would I transport them? I couldn't walk with them. I didn't I wouldn't use a bike or I, I didn't have a barrow or a horse and carts. I'm not that old. Yeah, there were cars about in, in the 50s. And um, so I'm telling you about what happened before that Christmas in 1957. This is the December before we got married in January in 1958. That, that, we were at a Christmas party. And I had my very nice teddy boy suit on, blue velvet, teddy boy hairstyle. Teddy boy straight trousers <coughs> and teddy boy shoes. Thick crepe soles with the hair all, all greased and back and a big quiff here. Oh, yes, yes. And um, yeah, at the party I was drinking alcohol. can't quite remember what, because I didn't really, I, I was, when I was 17 I wasn't very sophisticated. The first time I drank a pint of beer, I did what I saw some of the young men do and drink a pint of beer straight down. And I did that, the first time I did it, I was violently sick and had to get to the toilet. My stomach just reject, rejected it. I still don't drink hardly at all. I maybe I don't. I don't think I've had a drink now for many, many years. Many years. But that's another story. But anyway, at this party, I got drunk, and at that day, every every person, nearly everyone smoked. I smoked. My girlfriend smoked. Everyone smoked. Smoking. 
No harm to you. No, not harmful. Smoke. Definitely not. No health risk in smoking. No, not at all. Smoke. Very good. Good cigarettes. Very good for you. And, um, okay. Now, I, I had been out to... I came across and my wife was sitting at a table and there was two or three young men around her. Maybe she maybe she knew them, but I didn't stop to find out. All I know is that she was like she was she took a cigarette and put it in and put it in put it into her mouth. And a young man took out a cigarette lighter and offered to light the cigarette for her. And I went berserk. You know, jealousy, possessive, I don't know. Young men do stupid things. So I, I attacked this. I attacked him. I attacked him, floored him, and uh, I thought that was the end of it. But later in the, in the evening, I was went down into the basement where they had the toilets, uh, quite spacious. And I was there in, a, in the urinals, and um, I'd been having a wee, and I turned, and there was four of these big lads, and they attacked me. And <laughs> it's the only time I've been really badly attacked at that time. And my suit was torn. My, I, my nose was bleeding. My mouth was bleeding. And I, and I came up. And I think my girlfriend saw me. And she ordered a, ta a taxi for me. Ordered a, ta a taxi. And said... And... I, I was quite drunk. I really was quite drunk. And they put me in the taxi and, and they told the taxi driver to take me home. And and he did. Now, the next day, I, I never missed a day's work as a rule. But the next day, because of the drinking the night, the night before, uh, I didn't go to work the next day. I was kind of hungover, I suppose you'd call it, Hang hangover. And um, I asked my mother to phone in. Yeah, I did. I asked my mother to phone in to say I wasn't coming in because I had an upset stomach or, or something like that. And she did. So I didn't go to work. But what I did do, when I was feeling better about lunchtime, I decided to go to the newsagents down, down in Broccoli, the little village with the shops, and buy a newspaper. And while I was there, I looked in the newsagent's window and I saw a little postcard advertising a car. It was a little, I believe, a little Morris Minor. And it was £25 and it was a 1932 Morris Minor for £25. So I told you I had saved my post office money. So I went to the post office, there was in Broccoli, there was a little post office, and I drew £25 out, and I took a bus to a place called Catford, C-A-T-F-O-R-D, London, South East 6. And I found the address, which was on the postcard. I rang the doorbell of the house, and a lady came. Oh, in the drive there, there was a car black car. I rang the doorbell, a lady came out and I said, I've come to inquire about you have a car for sale. 
Uh, the lady, oh yes, she said, yes. She said, it's my son's. Uh, it's here. It's this, the car in the drive. Oh, I said, okay. She said, would you like to, to test it? I said, uh, okay, yes, th thank you very much. So she, she gave me the keys and um, I don't think it started on the battery. You had to start it with a handle on the front. You had electric starter. Batteries were often bad or didn't work very well. Not like today's cars. And um, But the, the interesting thing is, is that between you and me, I had never driven a car before. I'd never had a driving lesson. I'd never ever driven a car before, but I had watched my dad. He had a Jaguar, and I used to just watch what he did. And I, I could see that he changed gears. There was a lever there that he, he changed the gear. I never remember, I didn't, I didn't ask him how to drive, but one day, he had a garage. We lived in, in Bracebridge Road, Broccoli, and he didn't leave his Jaguar parked outside. He rented a lock-up garage, which was, which was about four or five hundred kilometers down the road and up a, an alleyway to where his lock-up ga garage was. I remember going there one day with him, and um, he said to me, would you like to drive the car? And it's, I said, yeah. And so I sat in the seat. He told me what to do. You put your foot in the clutch. You put it into first gear. You let, let the handbrake off. You you give the engine a, little, a few revs. Let the clutch up slowly. And he allowed me to drive only about 300 meters or 400 meters along this alleyway. So that is the only driving experience I've ever had in my life. And that was had been some time before I ever thought of buying a car. So on that day that I bought the car, and the lady said to me, yes, you, you can test it. I, um, it was a quiet area, a quiet time of the day. It was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It was in a quiet residential road in, 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 in Catford. Sorry about my speech, but I've had a few problems with, with my speech, as you probably notice. Little, little, I had a little stroke a few months ago, and it's, I'm, I'm still not speaking as well as I should. But... Um, I think it's good to talk. I think it's very good to talk. Even though it's hard to get your words out, it's it's good. It's very good to do this. So um, so I practiced for about 20 minutes driving the car up and down the road, around a few turnings, and uh, I bought the car, and I said to her, uh, can we get a little bit of a reduction on the price? I said, because 25 pounds is a lot of money. It's quite an old car. She said, would um she said what what did you have in mind i said well i was thinking more like 17 pounds oh she said i think that's okay yes she said so it's 17 pounds so i paid her 17 pounds for this 1932 morris minor and i decided i decided to spring a surprise on my girlfriend by driving the car to London in the traffic, which I've never done before, but I drove it to London and I parked it on the embankment next to the River Thames on the Victoria embankment 
near the Temple Tube Station. It was December, it was snowing, the windscreen wipers didn't work. I put my hand through the window and, and keep the windscreen clean. The window wouldn't wind up, so the window was open all, all the time, so it was pretty cold. The handbrake didn't work, so I left the car in the gear, and the doors didn't lock. <laughs> but apart from that, it was a very good so, okay. so I then met my wife, as I, not my wife, my girlfriend. Uh, she finished at five, I finished at five. I crossed the road to the Strand to meet her. She came out of her office, Twyman's, the tea manufacturer, tea importers, and I said to her, uh, we usually walk down the Strand to Charing Cross, which is about a 15 minute walk, and we caught the 520. But this day, this day, I said, Let's make a change and walk down to the temple and walk along the embankment. Make a change. Oh, she says, all right, okay. Yeah. So we did. We walked through the, t the temple, down to the embankment, and walked along. And then I stopped. She said, uh, what, why have we stopped? I stopped and I turned my head and I said, get in. Just like that. Get in. She says, what? What get what get in what? I said in the car. She said the car. So I said yeah, this car here. She said it. You haven't got a car. I said well, I've just bought it. I bought it today. She said but you you can't drive. You've never driven. I said well, I drove it here. I drove it here. So she got in. Now. I don't know how long I've been recording this for. I think it's rather a long time. So I think I'm going to pause this here and continue the rest of this story because it's very, very interesting. What's coming next? You will be so surprised. You will be so surprised because you would think I'm making this up, but I am not. This is what happened on that foggy night in December. A terrible thing happened. A terrible thing happened. But I'm here to, to tell the tale. So I just thank you for listening. I'm going to say, this is Tom saying good night and God bless and bye and thanks for listening.